My good chair that's at my desk doesn't squeak, but I can't keep rolling that back and forth. I need a good chair over here by this mic. Yeah, squeaking? I wish I I wish all I had was squeaking. Listen to this shit. Oh yeah, that's bad. It's like so bad. <laughs> this chair is held together by fucking like like glue and jizz. <laughs> and Thank oh, you. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm me. And you're you. This is something. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of important things to talk about, um, mm-hmm. but mostly I've been reading the um, IMDb trivia page for Back to the Future 3. Ooh. I landed there with some weird video that I saw of the very last scene of Back to the Future 3, which is means it's the last scene of the Back to the Future trilogy. And mm-hmm. Doc is giving like the emotional speech to Marty and... Um, and his girlfriend, and he's saying, like, the future can be anything you want it to be. And I never noticed that, okay, Doc is on, like, a floating train that he built that's time a time-traveling flying train, and his wife um, is behind him. And, uh, you know, Elizabeth Shue is there, and um, he has two kids, like a kid who looks like he's, like, 10, and a, a little boy who looks like he's 10, and a little boy who looks like he's, I don't know, maybe, like, 6. And the little boy who's six is just pointing at his dick and like pointing at Elizabeth's <laughs> shoe and saying like, come here, come here. Like, like he's motioning towards Elizabeth's shoe. Yo, come get this dick. And I think I've heard of this before. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. And it's the final cut. It's the one that went in. It's the version that went in, Dave. Somebody saw that and made a conscious choice to put that into the movie. I mean, do you think that's that? Has something to do with it being the least successful in the franchise? Was it? I thought two was the least successful. Oh, I think I most like, people love two. God damn, I think like every 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 podcast ever has had this conversation. <laughs> like what is not even movie podcasts, just every podcast with two dudes has had the conversation of like what's the most successful Back to the Future um, in, <laughs> de- in declining order or descending order. I'm Q. And I'm Jewish Dave. And this is Bird Road. And this is Bird Road. Well, it's been a long time since we've um, published. It's been a long time since we were out there. Um, I feel like we say that a lot. Yeah, because we're terrible at this. Because <laughs> we're so bad at doing this. We should quit. I'm tired of it now. I think that was the name of an episode. That was the name of an episode. <laughs> we did an episode where we did quit. And people think that it was an April Fool's joke. I just changed my mind. The April Fool's joke next year is that we had quit, and all this is just <laughs> MP3s. <ghost activity. laughs> it's just MP3s on my on my on my desktop that my daughter accidentally keeps uploading. Maybe one of the uh, the Google DeepMind created these episodes after the fact using our conversa- our previous conversations. So don't forget to rate and review us and subscribe. <laughs> What's going on at um, <laughs> What's going on at piecing it together, Dave? That show that you just did like eight of them today, and you I can't get you on the phone to do one of these. <laughs> yeah, I just recorded two midnight just over this. here in Miami. 
<laughs> I was out all day yesterday doing direct action. And what are you doing? Just fiddling recording your, more episodes, bro. Fiddling with and your I, uh, goddamn dick. <laughs> I just posted my first blog post on the Piecing It Together website. <laughs> I made sure I could do that. You don't know how to write. Uh, what do you I write don't know about? how to write. I've written a million things in my lifetime. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. All right. You got to send that shit to me for proofreading because, I mean, this is an all points West joint. Oh. It can't just be like half ass. You want, you want more work out there? I, it's, I don't want, more want it. I don't want it. I want the brand <laughs> to reflect the quality that we're going for. I don't want it to be your half assed. Um, How many episodes of Piecing It Together have you listened to so far? Pocono's Pigeon writing. <laughs> You're really testing out that mic, huh? Pocono Pigeon. <laughs> well, you did tell me that I'm having like I'm having a lot of plosives. So like I'm uh-huh. trying to focus on on yeah. Um, I've listened to I've listened to like almost all the piecing it together's. I haven't listened Good. maybe in the last like three weeks. I haven't listened okay. to one, but I haven't listened to any podcast in the last three weeks. I haven't li- I haven't been podcasting the last three weeks. I haven't been existing. Um, You've been so a busy boy. What's going on in um I'm piecing it together? I didn't. I cut so- you off. Yeah, no, we we had a couple of really great episodes in a row. We had I just posted the blog, uh, and we just recorded two more episodes, and uh, yeah, it's been going really well. And, oh, and the uh, the Facebook group is doing really good too. It's it's funny how you can get actual people uh, interacting on a Facebook group, but when you post on your page, it's one person sees it. At well, most it's very funny you say that because on my outline. The mm-hmm. next thing that I want to talk about, and you know what? I'm going to jump over a couple of things in the outline because I wanted to also promote Entre Dos podcast, which um, you should be listening to if you listen to anything on the yes. uh, All Points West Network. Um, l- last week, they're talking Copa Mundial, uh, World Cup, and the importance, the cultural importance of that for kids who are being raised in bilingual households, specifically you know Latin American kids. And I guess you could say European kids, Asian kids too. Um, it's pretty much, a, I mean, World Cup is pretty much a big deal everywhere except in this country, except where like hipsters try to pretend that they care about soccer every four years. Um, so yeah, let's uh, subscribe, rate, review, and today those. Honestly, I don't care if you subscribe or rate or or listen to this show. At this point, what are you <laughs> even doing here? I don't like. We're doing so, this show to make sure that all these other things happen within your podcast network. I think this is what keeps everything on track. So here's what's about to happen in my podcast network. I want to exhort everybody who's listening right now. If you're within the sound of my voice, subscribe to all those things. Listen to all those things. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Join Jewish Dave's um, fun piecing it together uh, uh, group on Facebook. Like I would say equally active has been the Entre Dos podcast group where there's all types of moms who are on that right now talking that's awesome it's incredible it's incredible you know what sucks the bird road facebook page it's just garbage <laughs> and i'm gonna do something live right now on my podcast no you can't because our our event invite is on there so Don't you cannot care. deactivate we'll remake it we'll remake it <laughs> i'm shutting it. off the bird no, podcast facebook don't do it it has no return on investment the other day how much investment have you put in 
I'll tell you how much investment I put in, you simple son of a bitch. That, that went, survey that got two answers and the, one of them was exactly, me. Exactly. I put <laughs> into that. It was funny. It, it, would Jewish Dave help out Q <laughs> in a, a sticky situation? Because I couldn't embed the video where the, the, the Jamaican guy is jumping on the alligator's head and caving in an alligator skull to save his friend. And I just... I, I couldn't help but wonder as I was watching that video. I was like, oh, would Jewish Dave do this for me or not? And, uh, you know, the choices were, uh, yes, he's a mensch. Or, no, he's a, what did I say, a, a goyim, a nebish? I don't forget. Something um, like that, I don't remember. So I'm looking at the page. It's just like, it's just a cemetery. It's a goddamn graveyard. <laughs> There's no reason to keep this going. We could just, like, I don't know. If I changed all of the artwork on this page to dildos, <laughs> nobody would notice. Nobody would comment. Nobody would say a fucking word. Nobody would give a shit. So those algorithms. Yeah, algorithms. Those motherfucking algorithms. Look, nobody. Doesn't know you... those get a lot of uh, Facebook interaction on their page? No, not on their page. No, no, nobody. Yeah, go... pages are garbage. Pages are Just garbage. Yeah. And what am I going to do? Make a fucking Facebook page about like, I don't know, about Bird Road, uh, like a group or something like that about Bird Road. That's stupid. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what throws so, off the whole the whole hating pages thing, though, is people always respond to Wax Tracks posts. And I, I don't know why I don't I don't do anything different maybe because but when I post something on Wax years Tracks, old. I, I no no it's all young people like people love it. They they comment they like they share, I oh, I don't know the 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 wax tracks page connects with people nothing else I have like eight different pages for different projects nothing else gets any interaction whatsoever. Well, I'm gonna report it. You should. I just reported my I did an ad on uh, piecing it together, and I specified people from the ages of I forget to whatever and that like movies and that are in Nevada just because I wanted to. Uh, try to do like a smaller uh, uh, sample size and every single like and thing that I got was from South America. Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> Facebook is like a completely unsustainable garbage company. I mean, if it's supposed to be some kind of thing where where like, oh, this is where you go to promote your thing and to create community, it's not doing that. It's just like gaming the system. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to report Wax Tracks records page. Don't you goddamn dare. I'm going to do it right now. And no. it's like, eh, Wait, I'm going to block you. Report. <laughs> I'm blocking you. No. Too late. I deleted Bird Road podcast page. That's gone. <laughs> and I reported you. And no. I blocked you. <laughs> Tired of this, man. I'm I'm disappearing right now, like at the end of uh, Infinity War. <laughs> Or the middle of Back to the Future, huh? Bringing it back. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, in the middle of Back I liked to the Future. It. You, that was good. That was a better disappearing act. So we've been on a bad schedule. I think we need to get on a better schedule. And I want to commit to the listeners right now. And I want to see if you'll commit to them that we'll be in these trying times because there's not enough podcasts to talk about all the terrible things happening um, and everything <laughs> that's important and to lend our, our, our unique, uh, you know, progressive, leftist, dirtbaggy, stupid, um 
just like generally stupid. We gotta have we gotta have one episode a week. I think we gotta have two a week. So like that's stupid. But we gotta we gotta have one a week though. (laughs) (laughs) Can we please commit to doing two episodes a week? Will you get on the phone with me on this Wednesday and do another Um, show? Yeah, I guess. And then every Wednesday for the rest of your life. Uh, I'll be gone the following Wednesday. Well, then we'll do it on a different day. Where are you going to go? Uh, we're going camping. Jesus. Don't turn into Rich Rosen right before my eyes. Why, why would you do that? You should be at work every day. These records <laughs> might get up and leave. <laughs> if you're not making money, what are you doing? <laughs> Only now at this late hour do I see the error of my ways. <laughs> I should have worked more. <laughs> they say like people on their deathbed, they never say, yeah. I should have worked more. Except your dad. <laughs> that's, your dad's my, like, that's my dad. So things are generally pretty terrible. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, the uh, A guy, a couple of guys that I worked with, one who I don't, know very well who's a very famous author and the one who i kind of knew a little bit who i who i worked alongside at the same time uh who's the first guy's son um their uncle slash brother died in the uh in the shooting in um alex in uh in in maryland um rob hyacin who was a brother of carl hyacin who like is you know very prolific well-known author one of the books that that carl wrote was uh she was striptease, uh, striptease. Demi Moore, that movie. Remember that movie? Striptease? Oh yeah, Demi Moore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah. So he wrote that. He's known as he's known for. Uh, Carl Heisen, still a very active columnist at the Miami Herald. He uh, is known for um, you know very colorful de- descriptions of the crazy zaniness that is Miami, Florida, and um, and his son Scott Heisen. Uh, he like I think he started at the Herald around the same time that I started there, like way back in 2006, and uh, I, th- I believe he he left recently. I'll double check that before I hit publish on this mm-hmm. episode. I don't think he's there anymore. I didn't really know them that well or anything like that, but still, mm-hmm. um, Rob Heisen, who was killed, who was the editor of that of that paper, um, in Maryland, in, in Annapolis, uh, he um, he was actually a South Florida guy who had been down here. Uh, at the Palm Beach Post, which is another sort of semi-major local newspaper down here. So he was a well-known institution. A lot of people that I know know him very well. And so it sucks. It's really fucked up. And, yeah, um, yeah, people are – like at my wife's job, my wife works at a newspaper as well, and they're going to be starting to do active shooter training there now. So that is something that that pretty much every – Everybody is going to be looking forward to doing if you work in the world of media, journalism. And I know that there's a big debate going on right now about how much the discourse, I don't want to just say the president because it wasn't just the president, but the general discourse and, and hatred for media um, played into this this guy uh, who committed the, the murder, how much it played into his, I guess, decision, right? Because he had had a longstanding grudge with this paper since and and this guy was clearly insane like if you go back to the roots of what he was 
uh, beefing with the paper over it was a, over a, a well-resourced, well-read, but pretty basic down-the-line article um, that profiled him and his weird obsession with a former high school classmate that he'd met on Facebook. The The woman ended up having to basically pursue legal action to get this guy out of her life, and the article was just about that. It was all based on public record, and he sued the newspaper for defamation and went down a really long, you know, years-long uh, rabbit hole of, of legal action trying to hold this newspaper accountable for um, really only writing the truth about his situation. Right, yeah. I mean, it was not, there was the judge said as much. I remember reading one of the, one of the, the final judgments where the judge basically said, yeah, there's nothing here to support uh, the assertion that what they wrote was not true. I mean, so this guy was demented in his own way and, and had his own problems. I'm sure that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hear about as more details come out, but Still, okay, this guy had a problem for seven years with that newspaper. And he made the choice to do that now, to do what he did now. Right. So I personally think the coarsening of the way that people treat certain classes. Media is probably, honestly, even with so much family and friends that I have in media, media is probably one of the most protected classes of all of the classes who are being marginalized. And it's not even a class really. It's just a, it's a profession and you're sort of guilty by association. The same way that people treat lawyers like shit, the same way people treat, you know, other, other professions like shit. Um, if you're in media, you kind of wear a little bit of shit on you, even though you probably shouldn't. Um, you're, 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 you're answering for the sins of the worst of your profession, which is kind of, yeah. I guess what it's like to be a lawyer too. Right. Um, sure. so, uh, nonetheless, I, I still think that, that w we are dehumanizing a lot of people. And I think that when you look across, uh, the front page from Thursday and you look backward one day, the front page on Wednesday before this tragedy happened, um, the news item that had gotten knocked off the front pages obviously was uh, the the treatment of um, the children of people who were seeking asylum at the uh, right. southern border of the U.S., right? And it, if you've, again, if you follow that same line of logic, you see that there's a, it's like a psychological thing that you have to do where you have to go down these logic trees so that you're okay with it. Like you have to, you know, people throw around the world, the word dehumanize, but like, yeah, that's what you have to do. You have to right. take away the humanity and the agency from these people. Um, later in this episode, we're going to talk to uh, Tomas Kennedy from the uh, Florida Immigrant Coalition. And, and um, we caught up with him on Saturday at, well, I specifically, you didn't bother to get on a plane and come meet him or anything like that. But <laughs> I caught up with him um, at a direct action, at a protest in uh, here in Miami. And we talked about exactly that, um, the treatment of these kids and and, and a, a lot of the issues pertaining to that. He had, he had some some good stuff to say. But, um, yeah, this is this is the, the, the direction that it's going. And, I mean, yeah. it's not going to get any better anytime soon. I mean, if you can talk yourself into being okay by doing all the moral, ethical backflips that it takes to be okay with – the kids being in the cage, you're for sure going to find a way to make yourself be okay with 
reporters getting gunned down and and like not right. ever holding accountable anybody who might have been a part of the decision making process of the person that did that. Well, it's all part of the uh, the tribalism aspect of today's society, and uh, and they're going to do whatever they can to make sure their side is right in, in any given situation, whether it's those kids or whether it's the the shooters or any of that. Yeah, and it's it's that's exactly it too. It's it is tribalism, but it's it's like it's only two tribes, and they're set up so right. differently. I mean, they're they're geographic, and <laughs> I mean. As we're sort of transitioning into the story I wanted to talk about in the A block, um, first of all, wanted to give ourselves kudos for calling out the campaign of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez when not a whole lot of other people were talking about that campaign um, coming off the heels of the like punch in the mouth that Nevada progressives (laughs) took um, three weeks ago. Who was the one lone bright spot that we that we both talked about that that night um, when we or the next day after after that that tough primary day was this this uh this candidate alexandra cortez uh, ocasio cortez you know who she is now either sure. because you listen to this podcast and we talked about her in our last episode or because of her incredible primary win um last week what uh you're more like kind of jacked into the i guess the conversations in the like the the groups like the proper groups over there whereas i am not here in Miami, I'm just doing my thing and like kind of living my life and talking shit on this podcast with you. I mean, what was the was there any kind of um, conversation, exaltation, celebration after after uh, Alexandra uh, AOC as they've been calling her, Alexandra Ocasio Cortez um, defeated Joe Crowley in the New York 14th District primary? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I really, I really wish I could be more positive, but. You know, it, it was there was definitely a momentary, you know, celebration uh, uh, of that. And like, wow, we got some progressive, you know, ideals, at least through a primary. Um, but, you know, it's just everything has been so bad, you know, and everything has led to more fighting. And so it's like any short lived victory. And it is just a primary. Like, I'm very excited that she won, you know, but it's like it's a primary and. And it seems like there's just still so much fighting within this party and and the people that are more on the progressive side of things. And, and uh, you know, I just I don't see how one win is going to help pull these people back together. That's where my negativity comes in. Yeah, it's it's and the thing is, I would I would love to see it if what all of the OK, so today. Uh, I think it was on Face the Nation. Um, Tammy Duckworth, Democratic senator from um, from Illinois, try. I, I get. I'm paraphrasing, but she basically said that um, a campaign like like uh, Ocasio Cortez's would not work anywhere in the Midwest, right? Because mm-hmm. you know we should not try to export that um, that campaign model or that candidate model into places where it won't work. Which is fair. Exactly. Like I can, I can see yeah. that in maybe like a place. I don't know. Like I'm thinking of Georgia and the guy whose fucking name who they dropped like twenty million dollars on his on his runoff, or I'm sorry, on his special election, uh, the most like expensive special election ever done to try Ossoff, John Ossoff. Yeah, literally, if you poured milk onto toast, was this guy, <laughs> and <laughs> trying to get people excited about that. 
it's like, all right, well, I guess if you have to, there's two schools of thought, right? You have to play fake Dem, which is like really a somewhat down the middle conservative person who is um, a Democrat who maybe aligns with the Democrats on a couple key issues like um, abortion and gun rights, right? Because that's really the two. Anything, right. it, it, those are the two. You draw your line on abortion and gun rights and whether you're on the, the right of that or the left, it doesn't matter if you are, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't matter if you're Heidi Heidkamp or, or, or one of these people who's basically a Republican. If you're on that side of that issue, then you just, you run Democrat if you are on the other, which is really funny, by the way, because when they, um, when you poll Americans, uh, they aren't 100% political party-wise based on, you know, uh, entrenched in those positions. Like, there is a solid third of Republicans who are for sensible gun uh, gun regulation. Sure, absolutely. There's a solid third of, um, of, of Democrats, registered Democrats, who are pro-life. So yeah. it's weird that it's so totalitarian like that when you get up to the representative level, when you get up to the pol- political level. I think I think it was just, uh, you know, not not to sound um, uh, conspiracy theorist, but I, I think it's like kind of made that way to to keep us all just at each other's throats constantly. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 tailor made to to keep power in power, and power doesn't yes. doesn't give up power without some reason to give it up. Like power is yeah. not just going to hand it over. Um, now, in the case of Ocasio-Cortez, sure, uh, New York's 14th, by the way, my first district of my life where I was born, where, <laughs> you know, not not far from where you were born. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a place where no shit. It's going to be like it's 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 going to it's going to react better to that. But then, OK, why can't we get more similar sort of galvanizing characters like her in places like Southern California? Or, um, you know, Bay Area or in in Tammy Duckworth's uh, uh, state of of Illinois in specific districts in Chicago that are particularly progressive. Why can't we get a more progressive pool of candidates here in Miami that is Mm -hmm. a a, a burgeoning place for that? Why can't a single progressive – get out get any kind of funding and get out of or a party recognition and get out of the primary in all of southern nevada anyway we're super glad that you know for for what it's worth one out of 535 progressives now uh, i wanted to bring up this (laughs) one out of 535 members of congress uh, (laughs) i'm sorry two if you count bernie i guess like yeah right Although apparently he's out of the he's out of the I was about, I was about to say the same thing yeah which who, who everyone is going hates on now. there can you explain can you explain what happened I don't you know. have to I don't what happened with Bernie like why why do people say that he's out of the oh, I don't know the, they, they say is he, yeah, is he, they is say, he got his DSA card revoked yeah apparently I I don't even want to go into it or I'll make my blood boil because it's like like what do you people fucking want. You know, like what is going to make you fucking happy? Oh, God. So the thing was that he defended. Well, you told me this, right? He defended. Um, he defended, or no, he opposes the incivility that comes with uh yes. confronting people in public, right? Yeah, which he what he basically said is that we've got bigger issues than to you know to worry about uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders being allowed to eat at that restaurant. 
And this is the classic thing, the classic thing where he gets shit. Um, <laughs> be, like when he told the girl, remember when the girl stood up and asked him, like, okay, if I am a progressive, uh, you know, a, a believer in a socialist platform and a, a young progressive and I want to run for office, uh, a young Latina, what should I do? And he goes, well, look, for, first, it doesn't matter if you're a woman. It shouldn't matter if you're a woman. It shouldn't matter if you're a Latina. It should matter about your ideas. Your ideas and what you want to do are the thing that should matter the most. That got turned into Bernie Sanders doesn't think women or Latinas should yeah. be able to run. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fucking brilliant. That's such brilliant turn, turnabout. And you're seeing this shit right now with this, with, with, uh, with uh, Ocasio-Cortez because like uh, this fucking guy, John Cardillo, Okay, so Tammy Duckworth, whatever she, if you're sort of a centrist Democrat who's been enveloped by the National Party and turned into one of the heroes of that party, which she is, Tammy Duckworth, it bears noting, is also a actual hero. She um, lost both of her legs uh, fighting for this country, so she's an actual real hero. But come on, she's also part of the establishment. She fits the mold in a lot of ways that Ocasio Cortez doesn't. So the Democrats would love to have a person like Ocasio-Cortez in their fold now, but they definitely weren't there at the time when she was running against one of their favorite sons. So she's going to get some shit from Tammy Duckworth who said, you know, that kind of campaign's not going to work in the Midwest, which I call bullshit on because it, I, I think, number one, who won every single fucking Midwestern state in the Democratic primary? It sure shit wasn't Hillary Clinton, and she sure shit didn't carry them during the general either. Uh, Michigan, mm -hmm. Ohio, Wisconsin, Iowa, they all went to Bernie. They all went to the candidate who is not slick, uh, you know, a beautiful 28-year-old young woman and has nothing aesthetically pleasing about him except for his <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Purely ideas won in, in those in those states that by the way ended up being supposedly her firewall, right? Hillary's firewall was those st states that I just mentioned. Right. And yeah, yeah. she got her ass kicked in them. I mean, comparatively, she lost by 20,000, 30,000 votes here and there in different states. Cumulatively, she lost by, I think, maybe 100,000 votes in, the, th in the, the three states that she would have needed to win. You wouldn't say that's an ass kicking. Those are fucking Democratic states. Yeah, they're swing yeah. states, man. But the worst candidate that's ever run for any office in this entire country? I mean... <laughs> worse than the dude in Illinois right now who's running, who's an avowed Nazi? I mean, Donald Trump, I would literally take the Nazi over Donald Trump. At least Nazis, <laughs> like, know how to get shit done. Like, fucking A, man. Like, at least they stand for something. At least, at least this guy stands <laughs> for something. Fuck. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. Let me just clarify that last statement in case anyone takes it out of context. I absolutely <laughs> think that the president is a worse candidate than the, than a Nazi. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know what? Let me get out in front of it right now. Let me just get out we, in front of it. We make jokes on this show sometimes. <laughs> we make jokes on this show sometimes, but this is something we take seriously. Donald Trump's worse than a Nazi. <laughs> That's the other one too. Have you been, have you been privy to this whole fucking, the civility conversation that's happening in the zeitgeist right now. And then the yeah. fucking like whether it's okay to use the word Nazi or not conversation. Oh my Lord. Yes. So stupid. how do you feel? 
as a Ashkenazi zoo. A zoo? An Ashkenazi zoo. You, you want to put me in an Ashkenazi zoo? I'm putting you in the Ashkenazi zoo. And people are going to throw bananas at you. I'm going to charge an extra 20 bucks for people to feed you a little piece of lettuce. And you'll like eat it very gingerly from their hands. <laughs> and you'd be like, you'd be like a little horseradish sauce. Maybe would be nice. <laughs> um, well, look, my people were not uh, systematically almost exterminated by the, the that group. So, like, what what do you think when when people it, it, like? Have you heard that conversation? Has that been something that has like caught your attention? The whole the the dithering back and forth over the the you know the politesse of of whether or not you can use the word nazi to describe uh the administration and everything that's it's been doing all the wins it's been racking up in the last three weeks yeah only little bits and pieces because honestly i i'm 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 just so sick of (laughs) of even hearing about uh you know what we can and cannot say about those people (laughs) and so it's like I try to I try to avoid it a little bit, but yeah, no, it, it's it's so stupid. Of course, you could call it. it it's, it's a fucking oh my god! I, it's a fucking figure of speech. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, yes, Nazi Germany was one thing, and this is another thing. There, this is a terrible fucking thing happening in this country right now. These people. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's it, uh, first of all like the fact that that we're that you're supposed to be polite to an entire class that ran on the whole fuck your feelings, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. as, uh, aesthetic of we don't give a shit what you think, fuck you. And then it's like, yeah, but don't call us Nazis though. That's mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It, it's funny too, because like, and, and I hate to like bring memes into the conversation, but I no, I've bring seen, memes. dude. Yeah. I've seen memes. so, so many come memes about that. Memes. Yeah. <laughs> like with pictures of the signs that they held up at Trump rallies and things like that. And it's like, these are the people that, you know, it's like, you know, put that cunt in jail and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, really? Like that, that these people think it's terrible that we're saying whatever it is that we're saying, like really? cram that bitch in a box. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, this is the, fucking, the, the best people like the problem. <laughs> we're going to do an episode soon. Um, I'm hoping to find a specific guest who I, I want to bring on the show. I've invited this person and um, we'll wait to hear back from them. Um, but I want to talk about the like structural inequity of our country where such a tiny, horrible majority of people control the, you know, cast the votes that put into office the people that control everything. And the way that we're that 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 our our country is sort of structured, and um, that our democratic process—how you can barely call it democracy—that's an old conversation that we've been having. I think since around like 2000, the first time that uh, you know a horribly unqualified person lost the popular vote and somehow got into office, just like right. what happened two years ago. So, um, but that's another conversation. I I I, I did want to mention. Going back to uh, Ocasio-Cortez, that now she's getting 
from all sides. I mean, this guy, John Cardillo, is like a dumbass uh, Twitter podcast radio guy um, on the right. But he posted like a picture of her childhood house. And it's like a modest house. It's a nice house. It's like a in. it looks like it's in like Hudson Valley or something like that. I, f- I forget. And uh, it's just like a nice house with like it's very serene looking. It's not gaudy or anything. And he's make, trying to make the point that like, oh, yeah, despite her like hard scrabble tale of coming up, this is the house she grew up in. And people are just like. I mean that's that's a nice house. It's not great or anything. <laughs> like, I mean, literally, like my house and your house are both much nicer than that house. It's like, it's not. It's, people it's, are it's, so fucking stupid. So I don't even know how else to put so it. So fucking dumb. And it's gonna come from everywhere. Like right now, I'm literally in my left hand, I'm holding the New York Times. Um, I was so ready. This shows you like how my how my quills are up with this shit because the front page of the Sunday Review. Full page, full page above uh, above the full. Well, I'd say four fifths page because it shares it shares the front page with one other story, but mostly full page. Um, big huge graphic with uh, Ocasio Cortez sort of in the center, and then three other progressive candidates who have won um, you know state primaries recently, uh, like our kind of people. Uh, headline: Millennial socialists are coming. <laughs> of the new york times front page uh, of the sunday review and uh it's an op-ed by um michelle goldberg at the times and it's it's a good piece i mean it makes good points it's it's a little wide-eyed more wide-eyed than i'd like because it's almost like and this is the criticism that a lot of mainstream media is getting like nobody saw that coming and the fact that crowley who she beat his internal polling had which was also, you know, de facto the DNC's, the DCCC's internal polling had him up by thirty six points going in, wow. and it wasn't a squeaker. She beat him. She beat the shit out of him, and yeah. it, that should be really worrisome, man. Uh, if that's their infrastructure, it's like no wonder they thought that that twenty sixteen was in the bag. Of yeah. course they thought that. I mean. They have their finger is nowhere near the pulse of what the fuck is really going on, and it's pretty it's accurate, I think, to say that you can put this this primary, which it's just a primary, like I said before, one out of f- uh 438, I should say 438 seats, um, in in the House of Representatives, 538 overall congressional seats. It's only one of them, right. And it's not mm-hmm. even decided yet. She still has to beat her Republican opponent, which she will, because it's New York. She will. It's accurate to take this and put it in the same basket, I think, as what happened with Trump and Clinton, because it's the same fucking blind spot from the party that we're hoping will get us out of this shit. Right. And yeah. I'm a little bit less critical, or my fangs are out usually a little bit less than my fellow, you know, progressives. When it comes to the party, I'm I'm a little bit less likely to jump on them and and, and eviscerate them for their myriad mistakes and like <laughs> hor- horrible missteps that they constantly make. But holy shit, man! Like if you thought your candidate was gonna win by 36 points in this, where are you? What are you thinking yeah. about? Um, I just wanted to read like one little quick piece from 
from Goldberg's article uh, where she says that uh, as she's profiling, she starts the piece off profiling three three progressive women who won in, I should probably mention their names, who won in Pennsylvania in May. Uh, in May, three young progressive women running for the state legislature in Pennsylvania, each endorsed by the Democratic Socialists of America, won decisive primary victories over men heavily favored by the political establishment. Two of the women, Summer Lee, 30 years old, and Sarah Inamorato, Inamorato 32, ousted incumbents, the distant cousins Dom Costa and Paul Costa. <laughs> this is from like... <laughs> This is from your neck of the woods, dude. Dude's named Dom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pennsylvania, of course. In Pennsylvania. Dom Costa. Hey, you you guys know over there, you you guys know you don't have to vote for them young girls. I'll get you free pierogies over here. (laughs) That's some bullshit, that old progressive shit. You know, somebody's got to pay for it. Somebody's got somebody's got to put up the pierogies at some point. <laughs> put up the pierogies. <laughs> somebody's got to put up the pierogies. You know, <laughs> Elizabeth Fiedler, thirty-seven. Uh, she also won. Um, and she has a cool story too. Whatever, go to the New York Times dot com and read this story. I'm not going to read the whole fucking story for you. Get your own subscription. I'm not giving this shit away for free. But one thing I did want to mention that she says is uh, later on in the article, she says, uh, talk of popular control of the means of production isn't because that's what, you know, what the socialists, the more hardcore socialists are the ones that are talking about, like, not just Medicaid, for, uh, Medicare for all, not just universal health care, not just universal, you know, um, college education and, and the sort of more uh, widely adoptable tenets of mm-hmm. progressivism. But this the the dsa and their sort of approved candidates obviously talk about socialist you know components of socialism like taking over the uh the means of production and as she points out she being goldberg that's anathema to, to many older democrats even very liberal ones plays a lot better with the young one recent survey shows that 61 percent of democrats between ages 18 and 34 view socialism positively the combination of the great recession the rising cost of education unreliability of health insurance and the growing precariousness of the workplace has left young people with gnawing material insecurity. They have no memory of the widespread failure of, of, of communism, but the failures of capitalism are all around them. And that's Mm -hmm. a really good point. One thing she doesn't mention is that, Hey, by the way, some success stories of socialism are right across the fucking Atlantic. If you look right across the Northern border too, where there is socialized medicine, where there is socialized education, where there is a stronger, you know, public safety net and people, when they fall, they don't fall so fucking hard and shatter every bone in their body on the way down. Again, a lot of wide-eyed naivete by the New York times who only now on Sunday in the Sunday review decided like, Oh shit, we look like morons because we didn't even know that, that this candidate was, within striking distance and we had only mentioned her name they'd only mentioned her name two times in the run-up to the <laughs> to the primary wow so and neither one of those are neither one of the times that they mentioned her was she the subject of an article she was just kind of mentioned in a roundup or like notes things like that so she was an unknown fucking same asshole who i hate on the, the i hate listen hate listen to the slate political gap fest every fucking week because there are occasionally things that I learned that I would like to know, but this fucking David Plotz, the main host for that show, again, 
like when he's talking about this race, makes a point of saying that he doesn't know if he's pronouncing the candidate's name, uh, the uh, uh, Ocasio Cortez's name right, because he's never actually heard it spoken or said it out loud. <laughs> I just want to like reach through my fucking phone and throttle these people, dude. Virtually every Supreme Court. I don't know. We'll do a quick roundup. Every every Supreme Court decision, a, a disaster. Um, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna fucking nominate a fetus who they've genetically engineered to live 140 years and do nothing but read George Will columns for the. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna nominate that 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 fucking creature to the uh to the supreme court and then and there's literally nothing it's going to happen in the next couple of months there's nothing democrats can do about it they don't have a um they, they don't have the any any kind of control to, to make any kind of a difference on any legislative body that would be able to put a stop to it apart from actually stopping the government which they do have the power to do and i kind of am feeling like they probably should do uh, they can literally stop the government, and um, that is the only thing that they can do. Uh, fuck it. Shut down the government, dude. Who cares? Give it a shot, right? What 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 are the other terrible stories? That, I mean, like, we have <laughs> so much shit to catch up on. I'm just, I have no idea. There's just so much bad. So much bad. I, I don't, I don't, you didn't send me a, uh, a uh, outline. An outline. I, 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 oh yeah, yeah. The outline I, I, that you dutifully pour over. That I. Yeah. I think but, I just forgot to share it with you. I wrote one. Yeah. I just forgot to share it with you. Yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't know, dude. There's just so much. Every and how long has it been? Like two weeks since we recorded. There's been so much bad. Two weeks. Like. Yeah, I I, I don't even think all wrong. the uh, had the border stuff like with the uh, with the uh, children being separated. Had that we had just started. started it had just started happening and um yeah. well i mean it had been happening but the the reports sure. of it yeah. um and now you know that's right we talked we talked about how it was actually a thing that had started like a lot earlier yeah, yeah. right like yeah, but right. it i don't know man I, I also wanted to talk about like my congressman uh or not my congressman but he's a neighboring congressman carlos carbello who's one of my favorite people to talk shit about on this podcast <laughs> who proposed a dead on arrival immigration uh, bill that got somehow painted as being um, a compromise bill, but was still just absolutely fucking demonic in how horrible it was, what it would do to uh, just overall levels of immigration. You know, this whole thing about trying to limit legal immigration also, because that's the next step, by the way, is of immigration. Course. You know, it's it's not just going to stop at illegal immigration. It has of to, course you know. Not. Yeah. So this whole thing about that, it, what's funny is these are also people who pur- purport to be these serious economic minds. I don't like the people who are the stewards of the economy and are going to keep it, you know, strong and 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 go. You know what the strongest economy in this country is? California. That has the fucking most immigrants in it, yeah. and illegal and illegal. Um, the a report came out, I think it was two weeks ago, where it it got a lot of sensational uh, headlines, right? Because that's what you do with these reports when there's one takeaway that you can sensationalize, is you sensationalize the shit out of it. And the sensationalized headline was, uh, you know, white people are dying, and. 
I mean, it's accurate. What what it was what it was showing is that um, the population growth has slowed amongst white amongst you know the cohort of white people uh, throughout. I think this was defined throughout the Midwest um, to the point where and this is big news because as we know, population is exploding all over the planet and is right. supposed to keep doing that until around like 2050, when I think I've I've read somewhere that. We're supposed People to top stop out fucking a, for a second, <laughs> like give it a fucking rest for uh, one minute. <laughs> it, what's supposed to happen, I think, is around again. I don't remember. I read this a long time ago, but around 2050, we're supposed to top out at like 19 billion people, and then mm-hmm. like it's supposed to start to draw back. Um, just I don't know. I guess we just get less fucking horny. I don't know, but uh, anyway, one of the first populations globally. I suppose uh, after the Japanese (laughs) to start their population decline is white people in America. Right. Mm -hmm. So overall, I think that the sort of the, like the white nationalist crowd knows that. And that's, if you ever like put on some boots and go trudging through white nationalist Twitter, you're going to end like MAGA chud Twitter. You'll see a lot of the, like, you know, the 14 words and the, the 1488, you know, Heil Hitler crowd, that's one of their big issues when they're talking amongst themselves is securing a future. That's actually literally the words for, for their main slogan is like securing the future for their white children or whatever. And um, it's a big issue. Their fertility rates, they talk about it all the fucking time. And with good reason, because for a long time, white people have been becoming less and less fertile, whether you talk about it being due to, you know, an apathy for for religion or just the general economic circumstances that make you not want to have kids or just, I mean, people just don't want to have fucking kids. Like most people don't. Overwhelmingly, most people shouldn't. Like like eight out of 10 people should not have kids. And, what about and me? Should like, I have kids? No. <laughs> Never. You should Good. barely have a dog. <laughs> oh, of course they <laughs> If it would no, but if it wasn't if it if it wasn't for like that you that Gina is there at least somebody to worry enough to make sure that the dogs get fed, like uh, I, I would I would be reporting you to child services. <laughs> um, so and you left your cat with me. <laughs> I feel like he was never really my cat. That's true. <laughs> he was the world's cat. He was never really your cat either. He he belonged. He called no man master. That cat. <laughs> um, so circling back to my point about white fertility and immigration and the economy, the most basic tenets of, of economics tell you that you need people and you need young people and you need healthy people. And young people tend to be healthier generally. You need to counteract any aging population with even more people who are younger. Guess who's younger? The immigrants, the immigrant population is far younger than the average population of our country. And they are also coming here specifically to do labor. They contribute so much fucking more. All right. So next up, uh, let's hear from Tomas Kennedy, the Florida Immigrant Coalition. Abolish ICE! Abolish ICE! Abolish ICE! 
Okay, so we're here with Tomas Kennedy uh, from the Florida Immigrant Coalition, and we just got done marching from MDC, Wolfson Campus, all the way down to the Freedom Tower and back. I mean, do you think the irony is lost on anybody that we were at Freedom Tower uh, protesting this particular issue? Uh, definitely Marco Rubio, yeah. who, uh, you know, doesn't, on the, doesn't uh, seem to realize about his uh, Cuban privilege and the privilege that, privileges that his family uh, was afforded and that allowed him uh, as a child of immigrants to to become a US senator and you know he's he's tweeting stupid shit like hashtag detain and maintain families together oh yeah he's got his priorities straight he's going after the media because yeah that's clearly who the the big problem with the country is right now is the media that's that's the the entity that's causing all the problems yeah I mean he has always been um, just like a guy that like basically puts his thumb in the air and sees which way the political wind uh, blows, and he's just following the Trump playbook of, of attacking the media, and uh, but at the same like at the same time trying to keep that air of like respectability politics that Rubio has always tried to keep. The civility. Yeah, and it's it's just like so disingenuous and disgusting. It's hard to like make the case for civility when you're part when you're a, a leader in a party that is not just complicit, but actively doing things like what, what we're out here protesting. What I love about this protest is this action is that it's focused. And it, I, I'm seeing a lot of stuff come around from the country today specifically, which is a big day of action. And it's a little, I mean, there's a lot of people that are angry about a lot of things. This is a very focused on the specifically the issue of families being separated and detention. Um, I mean, from your, what you know, We've heard that 500 families have been reunited. I haven't seen any evidence of that personally, but I mean, where where is this issue standing right now? Um, so that's a very nebulous sort of like gray area. Uh, you know, Trump uh, signed an executive order reversing the policy that he ordered. Um, I, I think, in my opinion, because of like the intense pushback uh, from people in the streets and across the country, and even reportedly from people within the administration that were just, you know, were like, this is this is a lot, you know, and, and pushed back on the likes of Stephen Miller and some of the more like white supremacist people within the administration. Um, but yeah, you know, but we're also, it's hard to say what their actual like plan is for family reunification, but to us, the, the concept of like like Rubio said detaining and maintaining families together in cages, no, that's not acceptable to us. Especially people that are coming here seeking asylum, uh, that have a le legal standing and are, are, are allowed due process to seek out their immigration cases. That is literally against the law to detain them. But even people that are coming here, you know, crossing the border looking for a better life, they shouldn't be detained like 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 criminals. You know. They should be giving caseworkers. They should be giving a chance to to proceed with their immigration cases in a fair and humane way, so they can make their case to to stay here. And of course, there's a larger problem of you know passive, comprehensive immigration reform that is humane that allows the 12 million people that are here currently undocumented to stay here and gives a actual like an actual path to, to come to this country. Uh, but we're nowhere near that, of course, because. You know, we can't or, pass or anything related to immigration. Nothing can happen in that, on that front right now. I mean, at least until the con the, the complexion of the legislature has changed yeah. at both houses. Absolutely. Um, it's crazy, though, because 
I think that the biggest, just on social media and meeting people and talking to people and, and, and being active, I think the biggest pushback I get is the, the law and order rule people and the people who say, uh, you know, go back to your country. If you, know, you want to subvert the laws, why don't you, I mean, we've got, got people right across the street that have a sign that says that in Spanish, more or less. I, I feel like people have really short memories when it comes to the U.S.'s involvement in Central America and South America. I mean, uh, it's not like all of these problems in the in the, the the Northern Triangle happen in a vacuum, right? Yeah, I mean, so you know, in in terms, you know, I work for the Florida Immigrant Coalition. We actually developed a political education curriculum that deals with the root causes of migration and the transnational implications of of U.S. involvement in, in our home countries and frankly, you know, like capitalism and the and the ramifications that it has had, you know, from places like, you know, Chile and Salvador Allende to like uh, Guatemala and Jacob Orbenz to, you know, everything that's happened to Haiti, which has been a decade span of, you know, military intervention and, and foreign corporations going, like the lumber companies. Yeah, even that, logging has that, that decimated That has decimated, you know, the environment there, operating without any uh, sort of regulations. Uh, it's happened to almost, in my home country in Argentina, the dirty war where 30,000 people disappeared, that was done with the blessing of the United States government. Uh, until they overstepped and went into a war with England, but that's a longer story. But what I'm saying is that, you know, that that that's a story that's never told, and you know, we've we've never we've never t taken accountability as a country for the damage that we've done to Middle Eastern countries. You know what we've done to Libya. You know, and all these Muslim refugees that are coming. Iraq. You know, Iraq, Syria. You know, and 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 how, and our, our process of accountability is is setting up a Muslim ban, banning these people, a whole section of humanity coming because of their religious identification. So I, I think it's pretty disgusting, like the lack of like historical uh, recognition of what we've done. Well, but these are people also who don't remember what their what their president tweeted a week ago that Absolutely. contradicts what, what, he, what he tweets today or tomorrow. So I guess we can only expect so much in terms of in terms of uh, me memory there. Um, Our president's an idiot. I mean, like, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, it's great to see this because it, it, it gives an outlet for the anger. It gives an outlet for people to do something. But, like, what else can people do? I mean, what are other forms of direct action that people can take? So, you know, marching is good. But like I said earlier, don't, mar don't just march, organize. Like, get involved. Like, seek out local organizations that are doing the work. If there aren't any, make your own. You know, actually, like hold meeting spaces where people can can build. Uh, contact your local elected officials. Get involved in candidate campaigns uh, of people that like represent your values. Uh, even if they're long shots, if you feel like they are standing with you, look at Ocasio Cortez and what she did in uh, in New York. Uh, you know, a young Boricua girl, 28 years old, just beat the fourth most powerful Democratic candidate in the country and that's not always going to happen but it can happen so just actually you know like don't just come for the photo op actually get involved in building the infrastructure to set up networks that can really like organize to take governing power because that's what we need to do we need to build ele policy it's stagnated from the state 
federal, sometimes even local level. And if, and if you can pass something locally, sometimes it's preempted by the state, as we see here in Florida. And, and don't expect anything to happen in the, in, in the, in the judicial branch anytime soon Ex either. Now. Exactly. I mean, Trump has stacked the courts. So the path is through direct action, making people, making people feel uncomfortable, but electoral. We have to take governing power if we're going to move uh, policy pieces. It is so vote. It is. Get out and vote. Yes. Yes. We're back. We're back. That was awesome. <laughs> Dave Love Hate, what do you got? Give me both of them. Double barrel to the fucking neck. God, it's been so fucking long, dude. I have so many loves. I have a hate right now. Okay. I have just this very moment. I feel I feel it. I have a lump in my neck. Oh my god! I hate, I hate the <laughs> feeling I have right now of dread. <laughs> I just found a lump in my neck, and it's terrifying. <laughs> it doesn't. It's, it's so much more than just like a, a surface level thing. It's, it's deep in there. It's part of my biology. It's connected. Did you seriously? I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I just found just this second crossing my arms in such a way where I kind of have a thoughtful countenance with my like uh, my, my my index finger and my middle finger on my um, on my chin. I reach back around behind my ear, just like maybe three inches under my ear on my neck, and there's a there's a problem. <laughs> Oh, and when I when I push on it, my lowest rib hurts. <laughs> that doesn't seem like those two pieces of my body should be connected. Why would a lump in my neck affect my rib and make it have like a nerve pain? I'm so worried now. <laughs> Hey, I, I'm going to calm you down right now. We're if all going to die. If it's really bad, I'm going to have to take over Bird Road. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the, the moment I die, there will never be another Bird Road. As soon as my, as soon as my credit cards are shut off, are toggled off, and our hosting account goes down, there, it'll be like Bird Road never existed. I, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I want you to know I'm laughing like this, but I'm genuinely worried. Right I'm very genuinely worried too. I'm the one with the fucking lump in his neck. I just bought a new microphone. I'm gonna die now? Not like this. Not like this. That'll be on the gravestone. I I, I just put a new microphone. 
in the matrix that was always the line that fucked with me was like um the girl twitch or whatever who dies she dies in a really stupid way like they fall into a trap and at the end of the matrix and the blonde woman gets killed and she just looks up and she's like not like this not like this and i was like oh man that's chilling it's it's supposed to be like a fun action movie and all of a sudden i have like existential dread what was the line of death to smoochie when the guy's falling i never got to see paris (laughs) (laughs) under the maybe the most underrated movie ever death to smoochie all right, so that's my hate. I'll do that's my a love. Good, that's a good hate, by the way. I'll really do, good. I'll do my, <laughs> Can be hard to top that. <laughs> I hate that I'm dying. Oh, um, someone just broke in my house. They have a gun. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, the love. Yeah, keep laughing. Laugh it up, fuckface. We'll see, see how much you're laughing when you go... When you go a solid three years without laughing one time <laughs> after I die. <laughs> People don't know this from listening to this podcast. They probably think that you're just out there laughing at everybody's jokes. There's only one person in this world that makes you laugh. <laughs> That's me, baby. <laughs> So yeah, my love is is uh, Kirsten Nielsen and everybody who's getting there like there who's who's getting like harassed at their fancy meals. They're very special fancy boy and fancy girl meals. Anybody who's getting yelled at in public, um, anybody who all uh, my love goes out to like all the heroes that are doing that. All the heroes who are um, dragging their balls across their like cream frige before they serve it to them um you know everybody out there who all the all the the brave uh kfc and mcdonald's workers that are like that are uh stirring the number six uh 10 piece nugget meal that the president orders every day with their dick um (laughs) everybody who's fucking with the food and the eating experiences and the general life experiences of any of these troglodytes you're you i love i love you all keep doing it and i hope i get to see anybody like that in public because i'm a mess and i don't care (laughs) i am a disaster area and you will have an enormous man just calling you the the most descriptive names everything but a child of god (laughs) i would just relish the opportunity to do it i would pour relish on them I tell you what I might do is mm. the pe- the two people who I think look exactly alike in my brain I can't differentiate them is um my congressperson right now my congresswoman Ileana Roslatenin and my future congresswoman who's almost certainly probably unfortunately going to win um Donna Shalala they look mm-hmm. they're the exact same woman I want you to take a second real quick google the two of them and um what I think would be funny is if I saw Donna Shalala out and I dressed her down in public, and, <laughs> but she's a Democrat and Ileana Russ Layton is a Republican. 
just is like, why are you on board with Trump's entire hateful agenda? And she's just like, wait, what? I haven't even won yet. And I'm not. I'm really not. That's literally the only thing I'm running on is that I hate Donald Trump. I have no position on any other issues, but that I hate (laughs) Donald Trump. Just like every other centrist Democrat, my only issue is that I don't like Donald Trump. (laughs) Medicare for all, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about all those things later. Uh, Federal jobs guarantee? Let's not go crazy. Come on. Come on. Global warming? The science is still out. But Donald Trump, we hate him. Um, What's your love and hate, Dave? So my love... This has been a uh, terrible episode. Terrible it's episode. the worst episode. Um, Maybe the worst episode. <laughs> so my my love, it was going to be that I went to two concerts, but then we didn't record for like three weeks. So my love is actually uh, this thing that I saw. I don't know if you saw it. I shared it on Facebook. Um, I, I don't really know if it's really a love, but I'm, I'm saying it's my love. It, it's this meme that uh, draw attention to something I'd never thought of before. Um, if you think about how much we use our smartphones, like all day, every day, have you oh my ever God, this seen my one? This blew in a my dream? mind. I've it, never yeah. seen one. I've never. never seen one in my dream. Absolutely. Never, never dreamt about my smartphone. Every morning I wake up, it's immediately the first thing I touch. It's the last thing I physically touch before I go to sleep at night. Um, and yeah, just like anybody else in my, in, in the modern world, like yeah. in the professional, in the professional class, I guess, cause I'm sure there's lots of people who, I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, don't interact with media as much as you and I do. But like, if you're working in a job, that's like, a, I don't know the, the fucking pretentious word for it is like knowledge worker. You know, if you're like a person who's yeah. sitting in front of a computer all day, you're probably also on your fucking smartphone all day too. Um, that blew my mind when I saw you posted that. I, I was like, I've never thought about that. It actually made me a little queasy when I started thinking about it. Cause it like, you know, one of those things that just kind of rips reality a little bit, you know? No, it's, it's literally like, one of those things where it's like, it makes you think like the, and I don't want to get all fucking Elon Musk because we've established <laughs> how I feel about Elon Musk, but it made me think like, uh, um, like the programming is off. Like something is something. Right. Something's wrong. Right there. Like something is, is is off. I have anxiety dreams. I don't know if you ever have these because I don't. I don't imagine that there's anything in your life that gives you any anxiety. But I have anxiety dreams. <laughs> hey, I've like got gray of, hair. <laughs> of professional nature, uh, you know, like um, constantly churning out work and it yeah. like not getting sent or not arriving where it's supposed to go. Uh, you know, like doing all these different things that um i don't know how to how to describe it i guess an anxiety dream is different for everybody depending on what their life circumstance is right but one thing that i think we all have in common is that like a lot of our connectivity and the things that portend anxiety come through that vessel of the phone whether it's yeah. a text you forgot to pick this up whether it's a uh, an email, you know, where are you? The meeting started already. Whether it's like, hey, I didn't get that attachment, no attachment, you know, on, on this email, whatever, whatever thing it is, that's a vessel that by all rights through our brain wiring should be showing up in our dreams. Yeah. And it yeah. definitely isn't. And I feel like it's kind of a consensus. I think most people, have you asked anybody else? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And nobody else has seen a phone in their dream. It's really bizarre. What if you ask people maybe under the age of 20? 
do you think maybe there's something about the wiring of our brains during our first maybe two or three or four because we didn't grow up with them maybe it's possible maybe it's something about that that's i feel like going all radio lab and having like a neuroscientist (laughs) on our next episode (laughs) to explain why that is and we don't know this is an unscientific thing but it did blow my mind because yeah um, yeah i uh, feel the same way so why don't you close us out dave give us our promos tell us everything you barely talked this episode I talked a little bit here and there. I, I have a few things to plug real quick. Um, so aside aside from piecing it together, new episode coming this week. Pull out the New York Times. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm okay. listening. Uh, I'm I was enraptured. A, I was just a guest on the Podskewer podcast. Young Democratic leaders. Interesting. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I was just a guest on the Podskewer podcast where I talked about piecing it together and Bird Road and a bunch of other stuff. Um, So that was fun. Check that out. Good conversation. And did you mention Bird Road on this on said podcast? Of course. Absolutely. I did. Yeah. We talked all about it. I'm going to listen to that. What's it called? Obscure podcasts. See, you weren't obscure. Son of a bitch. I was reading about men. Comma, hashtag me too, and therapy. <laughs> um, I was also reading, I did a terrible thing. How can I apologize? <laughs> uh, also, w- me and uh, our mutual friend Demise, we made a song called the Space Force Anthem. And you can check out the video on YouTube or the song is available on Spotify and iTunes and all that. And uh, listen to it with the caveat that it came out within 96 hours of the relevancy of that joke. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, people do seem to be really enjoying it, despite the fact we couldn't get out on time. The the part of the joke of it was that that it was supposed to come out literally the following morning. CD baby, CD baby. We, we got fucked by CD baby. Um, but you know what? In case out. anybody out there is wondering, CD baby is a service that still exists, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and that Jewish Dave <laughs> has signed a lifetime contract with. I just really like them normally. <laughs> now, now I might have to second guess know. it. Yeah. Sons of bitches. But yeah, no, good <laughs> song. I, it was fun to make. And uh, that guy, uh, Michael Costa from The Daily Show, uh, said that he loved it. Yeah. What what else do you want to promote? Anything else cool happening? Uh, we got a uh, we're going to be doing a meetup at a podcast uh yep. movement. Um it is going to be uh I don't even remember what you what you named the event so I can't search for it. Oh, here it is. Calm down politics. Here it is. July 24th. Tuesday, July 24th. Wait, so if you're going to be of, uh, the name podcast of it is movement, Calm Down Politics. Calm down. Politics is not a four letter word. Makes way more sense. I you know. Named it, I'm trying to get asshole. you to say it correctly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did say it. Uh, it's going to be at Elixir Coffee and uh, it's free and Q's going to buy you coffee if you show up. So. Yep. So fucking show up. I'll buy you some coffee. Jewish Dave will buy you coffee as well. Jewish Dave will hand you a. I have no money. And then. And then back away slowly. <laughs> Run. Really quick before we sign off, we just wanted to say thanks again to our guest, Tomas Kennedy, 
of the Florida Immigrant Coalition. Again, you can check them out at floridaimmigrant.org. And uh, when you go there, you can donate or take action today. So do that. And all points west. 